Hello, welcome to Earth's Gamer and the Age of Sigmar Stat Center. I'm your host, Rob, and I'll be going through all the event results from Age of Sigmar tournaments from the weekend. I've been in this for a long time, so um, just go with me on it. Uh, we normally look at the 5-0s and the 4-1s, and we look at the trends and we look at the other stuff. I'm backed up by the stats from the Age of Sigmar Stats team, uh, which you can go and find on our website. Go check that out. Now, uh, Rob, who always sends me my pre-show notes, has made some interesting points, so I'm going to talk about those for a minute. There were 333 players playing this weekend over three countries. 21 factions went 4-1 or better this weekend, okay? And it's important to look at those that didn't. Importantly, Seraphon didn't. Uh, they're still a strong army, they're still very good, but I think at this point, knowing there's a new Seraphon army in the future, and also knowing uh, that people have played Seraphon enough for the past two years, people have just moved on. And maybe after the continual nerfs over two years, Seraphon may be not as good as some of the armies in those top brackets now. Sinesh, Obviously, because they are very different Seraphon in that they're just rubbish. Their book is rubbish. Their army's rubbish. It's rubbish. Uh, Soulblight um, didn't uh, feature in the four ones, which is quite a surprise to me because I think that they have some real excellent opportunities to utilize a loads of extra things um, like the Galician Champions Battalion and also Galician Veterans. So quite surprised by that. Also, with Bounty Hunters going away, I think there's some real scope for that. And we did see some four ones last week. So I think I think that they'll be fine. Uh, Carriage and Overlords. Um, uh, we didn't see go 4-1. Uh, maybe because of moving the uh, the Galician champions around is difficult. But um, I think it's more just because the book just needs a new book. It's just an old, janky, terrible book. Just needs a new book. And we know there's a new book coming, so that's exciting. Uh, Bone Splitter's got that massive nerf to the Big Stabber build. Uh, and because of Games Workshop elitism and classism, uh, they don't get the buffs that they deserve because they're orcs. Um, and so they're not very popular. You don't see them play much. And then finally, Big War. Normally because uh, Big War feels like a load of extra steps in a lot of ways, uh, you do get a more kind of cohesive army in that you can have shooting that you get from Cruel Boys and fighting that you can get from Iron Jaws. But it feels like lists work better when they polarize themselves a little bit and they get more fighting one side or more shooting on the other side. Although that doesn't really work for the Cruel Boys. What I'm saying is, is when you have Iron Jaws and then you add Cruel Boys, then they're not as good as just having Iron Jaws. Because <laughs> the Cruel Boys aren't good. Uh, that's Effectively, you're just making them weaker by bringing in weaker stuff. So just focus on the good stuff. Um, so there you go. But 21 factions. The real positive note which is what should be talked about. So Games Workshop Meta Watch uh, show coming in very quickly is that 21 factions going 4-1 is really, really healthy. And maybe looking at the event results that we're about to look at at the minute, you're going to see that, that not only have we got different factions, that those faction lists are different to each other as well. So it's really fun. So I'd love to see that. But again, we're early into the GHB, we're early into the edition, and we're early into these tournaments. So... It's fair to say that there's still a lot of learning for players to do, and we'll see how that changes. Anyway, let's get on with all of these. Don't forget to like and subscribe, leave comments. Our first event, and the largest of the week, was the Lone Star Open, or the Lone Star Grand Tournament, the GT. It had 108 players playing, and we ended up with three 5-0s. It was located in downtown Dallas, here, at the Sheraton Hotel. Looks lovely. Lovely little place. And we have three 5-0s. We have the famous Tom Guan from Harambe's Heroes. Benjamin Richardson from the Dallas Defenders and Taryn Huffman from the Austin Weird Knobs. Now, Benjamin and Taryn both 
had Lumineth Realm Lord armies, but Tom Guan did not. He had an ogre army. He had himself a boulder head armor. Uh, armor? Armor? I mean, I guess it is armor because you get extra wounds in the stuff faction boulder head as part of the ogre army. Yeah, Guan in 60 seconds is how he describes it because it's so fast. Um, <laughs> one butcher in his list. Uh, a Frostlord and Stonehorn, an Icebrow Hunter that's the general, which makes his three units of two Frost Sabers battle line. What he's doing there is he's paying the battle line tax, as they say, and making it as small as possible so he can get all of the toys in. You could say he's minimizing his maximization, some would say. Uh, and then he has another Frostlord and Stonehorn. So two Frostlords on Stonehorn, and then he's got an Icebrow Hunter, who's the general, and then he's got a Butcher. And then he's got those three times two frost sabers I talked about, and three iron blasters. No noblars, so he hasn't gone for the power pick of the noblars. So he's nerfed himself a little bit here, uh, which I think is very bold of him. Well done to well done to Tom, uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, and then he's yeeting himself across the board with stone horns, uh, and the iron blasters just shooting you all of the time. That's um, that's roughly how it works. It's it's a, it's either a is it a two drop? It's a three-drop, is what it is. It's a three-drop army. Um, yeah, what a world. Very stone-horny. Exactly. Defensive front line of dogs. Deep striking. I mean, the Icebrow Hunter is really, really excellent for doing the battle tactic cunning maneuver. Because, obviously, you start coming from deep strike. So, if you're given the first turn, then the, then the Icebrow Hunter is going to be able to pop onto an objective and score cunning maneuver. That's why we've seen Tunnel Master taken so much as well. So, huge fan of that. Huge fan of that. Well done to Tom. And Tom's obviously an excellent player and has done really well with this, uh, with loads of armies. Then our two Lumineth lists, we've got Benjamin Richardson was taking a Teclis castle, uh, but he kind of mixed it up a little bit. No Teclis. I know. Sans Teclis. Anti-Teclis. So no Teclis in this list. And instead, he went for um, more units on the board. So he took a Scenari Lawseeker. This is all in Helon, so you get those extra shots, don't forget. But don't forget, you don't get them in something like... I don't. I think you only get them in the shooting phase, right? Or do you still get them when you... Um, I'm not sure you still get them in uh, a standard shoot, whatever that's called, Unleash Hell. Um, but anyway, it doesn't really matter. He's got a Scenari Lawseeker, a Venari Lord Regent, and a Scenari Cathalar. And then he's got 10 Wardens, 20 Wardens, and then 60 Sentinels. He's also got the Venari Starshard Ballista and the Rune of Petrification. So yes, while not the Teclis Castle, it is a Lumineth Castle uh, with 60 Sentinels shooting. Uh, is, there, is there more or less tech in a te less Teclis Castle? Interestingly, it's quite fun. Like You could build a very, very fun list, which is the one I'm looking at at the minute, where you don't take Teclis and, in, and instead you take something like Chronomantic Cogs, which gives you rerolls, which means you effectively could maybe get more spells cast across the army um, uh, if you took the right like assortment of units. But ultimately, Teclis just brings so much, but not enough that in order to punch through this army, so it went 5-0. So congratulations to him. And then... Fun for you, yes. <laughs> and then uh, there's a Lumineth Realm Lords army uh, in third place from Zytrek, who's got Teclis, a Cathalar, and the Light of Altharian. Two units of 20 Wardens and a unit of Dawn Riders. And then Ravenax Ashing Jaws, Rune of Petrification, and Umbral Spell Portal. And this, while it sounds the same, will play utterly differently to 
how the Teclis castle or even the other castle works. You've obviously got all the archers at the back in the other one firing across and you're moving the wardens forward. In this, this army has to be aggressive. It's going to be like a counterpunch army. It's kind of a spellcasting castle, I guess, in some ways. But it is going to be aggressive into the midboard, which is really exciting because of things like the wardens. Like they're going to move into that midboard and the Teclis is going to drop endless spell after endless spell plus the realm spell and it's going to just mess stuff up, which is very fun. Um, so yeah, really cool. So those are three five O's to kick us off. Now, don't worry. There's loads of different armies. I just won't be talking about Lumineth all day. I promise. Okay, let's look at the four ones, and there's a heck of a lot of them. So I'm going to go through them. But shout out to Benjamin Richardson, Taron Huffman, Joel Janice, Kelpig, Isaac Aldrich, Stephen De La Garza, Jeremy Cooper, Randall Basher. Sorry, Randall Brasher. Matt the Nuge. Uh, Joe Dufik, uh, Shannon O'Connell, JT Johnson, Brian Lofton, Esteban Santos, Jeff Vizgatis, Ryan Rutherford, Jimmy Sides, Chris Long, Jonathan Schleizers, uh, all for going 4-1. Absolutely massive congratulations to you. Because BCP doesn't like necessarily write on what your sub-faction is, I'm just going to go through your lists and not necessarily credit you, because I'm so I'm going to be a lot like Games Workshop. Uh, okay, so there's two... Um, Sons of Behemoth list that did really well, uh, that that went 4-1. Uh, one had three War Stompers, a Man Crusher mob, and a Man Crusher. Pretty cool. Uh, the other one was a mixture. It had a War Stomper, a Kraken Eater, a Beast Smasher, and a Gatebreaker. Um, I think there's a couple of other 4-1s we're going to look at later. So uh, Gargant's not being able to achieve very well. Don't forget there was Comp at this event. I'll talk about that at the end, actually, though. So that's worth talking about. Uh, there was a Cruel Boys list that went 4-1. Absolutely massive news. Uh, two units of 20 Gut Rippers. Two units of six Bolt Boys taken out, most, uh, being most of the damage-dealing units. You've got Hobgrot Slits, two units of 10 as screens. And then you've got some support pieces in the two Swamp Caller Shamans. Uh, Snatcher Boss on Sludge Raker Beast, making all of those units do even more mortal wounds and then a killer boss on Stabgrot and a killer boss on great nash tooth both making units so they can't run away uh so really great list like we talked about before it's just a lumineth list but not as good all because of classism and tolkien if tolkien hadn't written lord of the rings then games workshop wouldn't be as classist it's a long story but that's roughly what it is um, then a very exciting list, Slaves to Darkness, Knights of the Empty Throne, with Scarbrand and Archeon. Scarbrand is an ally. This is all in Knights of the Empty Throne sub-faction. Chaos Sorcerer Lord, who's the general with Tunnel Master. Uh, also, Arcane Tome uh, and the Command Trait Arch, Sorc Arch Sorcerer. Then he's got three Varangard, five Marauder Horsemen, and five Chaos Knights uh, in the Mark and Nurgle. And they've also got the Eroding Icon Banner. Uh, so the Chaos uh, Varangard are going to fight twice. But it very much looks like the Marauder Horseman and the Chaos Knight's job is to hold units up until, obviously, Archeon can know the future and know who gets the next turn. Yeet Scarbrand in, do all of the fighting. Absolutely excellent stuff. Uh, there was a cool Idea Deepkin list uh, that just had a mixture of stuff. You had a unit of Alapex's unit of two. Um, you had... 20 Reavers, 6 Morsar Guard, 3 Defensive Eels, so the Ishling Guard. Uh, then the Keelian Slap King in there as well. Lotan uh, and an Eidolon of the Sea. Uh, then there was an Ogre Moor Tribes list in Underguts with 4 Iron Blasters. Frost Sabers again as Battle Line. And then 1 Frostlord and Stonehorn. You had another Ogre Moor Tribes list, this time with in Underguts with only 3 Iron Blasters, 2 units of 6 Gluttons. 20 Noblars, 2 Mournfang, Frosthorn, Stonehorn, and Butcher. Just pretty much like copy and paste. Like, not this list and player of this list. Loads of love to you. But just how incredibly good Frostlord and Stonehorn is. 
and also those Iron Blasters coming in so clutch in a lot of these lists. They're kind of the pivots of the list. Uh, a really exciting, um, really, really exciting Flesh Eater Quartz list, which had a lot to it. Uh, it had a Boring Art Region, a Boring Gold King on Terror Geist, a Courtier, uh, a Vargold Courtier, an Infernal Courtier, uh, in the list as well. Then it had nine Crypt Flares making up the bulk of the army being 540 points. So two Hammer units here or two damage dealing units. The Abhorrent Ghoul King and the Crypt Flares. Uh, we worked out the Crypt Flares can get something like 72 attacks. Um, doing Mortals on sixes to hit and then they can pile in and attack in again using the Command Ability. So you can have 140 attacks doing sixes uh, are going to do a Mortal Wound. Uh, so if you do the math roughly it's like over 20 Mortal Wounds from that unit. Uh, so very, very powerful. Horror Gas, that doesn't include the shooting that they also do as well, which is going to be loads of Mortal Wounds from that Screaming as well. While you're dealing with that, you've got an Abhorrent Gulking Royal Terror Geist running around. Also, it can move up to something like 32 inches, that unit of nine Crypt Flayers. And then the Abhorrent Gulking on Terror Geist is going to be running around and also threatening and doing damage as well. Right? Um, then uh, you've got... It was a Skaven list uh, that had a mixture of stuff. Two units of Plague Priests, Warplock Engineer, and a Gracier. Then it had two units of 20 Plague Monks, and it had two units of three Combat Storm Fiends. You love to see it. And two Warp Lightning Cannons. This, you got some nice fighting on death there, which I really, really enjoy, uh, coming out of the uh, Storm Fiends. Uh, and the Warp Lightning Cannons are going to do shooting at range. So you just have to get... It's an army of, like, mixed parts. It's going to do damage at range. Especially the Warp Lightning Cannons are very good. Because the stuff you want to deal with at range normally has a good armor save. Um, which is really, really useful. And that leaves the Plague Monks, which don't have any rend, uh, to go in and hit the other units, which uh, aren't quite as well armored. So that's pretty fun. Then another Ogres list. Frostal and Stonehorn, Frostal and Stonehorn, Huskard and Stonehorn. Three times two Mournfang in the list, all in an allies. Uh, sorry, all in a battle regiment, sorry. Uh, then there was another Deep King list, which was pretty fun. A Tidecaster as the general, done. Uh, two lots of ten Namati Reavers, done. This is all in Futhwan. Then two units of three Alapexes as Bloodthirsty Shivers. Uh, and then an Achillean Leviadon in the list as well. So lots of shooting there. That's going to be 12, 24... 36 shots at 24 inches, which are rend 1 D3 damage. And then it fights. Really exciting list. Very fun. Very interesting. Um, there was an Iron Jaws list in Bloodtooths with a Mega Boss and Crusher, a Mega Boss on foot with the Tunnel Master and Destroyer, uh, which is pretty fun. Love that combo. Tunnel up, move, click the big red button on Destroyer and murder stuff. Two times two War Chanters, two times uh, a, a Gore Grunter. Unit of six, two units of three, unit of ten brutes, five brutes as well. Uh, so, yeah, just lots of movement, lots of damage, and then the brutes you've got to deal with at the end. Uh, there was a Magikin list uh, with two lots of ten Rotmire Creed in it, Got Rot Spume, Lord of Plagues, Kill Social Lord, and then One Eye Gronach made it into the list, pinning the enemy army in, Rotmire Creed doing poison all over. 10 Putrid Blight Kings being 500 points, holding up the midboard, and then an allied unit of Varangard in, which was fun and weird. Uh, we had a Nighthaunt list uh, with a Quicksilver Dead, 40 Haradins, um, a Cruel Gas Cruciator, and a bunch of other stuff. The Spirit Torment, so useful, as they bring back three models into a unit every turn. Uh, very powerful. Uh, and then finally, Slaves to Darkness Kabbalist list with Chaos Lord and Kakadrak. 
Kelsoso Lord, Kelsoso Lord, Sarkar Blackwing, who's actually really, really cool. We only found out, well, I only found out about War Scroll today. We talked about it a lot. Uh, but doing Mortal Wounds at, um, D3 Mortal Wounds at 12 inches, and then eventually doing D6 Mortal Wounds at 18 inches. Seems pretty fun. Two units of 10 Chaos Knights, one in Nurgle, one in Corn, and then a unit of three Varangard at the back of the board uh, with the Corvus Cabal. Uh, exciting. So, yeah, um, like, as we're going to talk about at the end of the show, loads of factions in there. And not only is it, like, lots of different factions, lots of different factions that all are running different style lists. And that's actually pretty cool. That's actually pretty cool. Um, they're maybe not hitting the 5-0 territory, but they're all threatening the 5-0 territory, which is really fun. Uh, so then we're going to start to see player skills start to separate these players out, and that's really exciting. Uh, so well done to everyone at the Lone Star. Sheffield Slaughter. 96 players playing in the heart of Sheffield. And we had three 5-0s, and the first 5-0 for the new Gits book. Uh, recorded, Mr. Dan Bradshaw. We had Annie Hughes with a Fire Slayers army, and then we had Stephen Follows with a Zinch army. Again, a very, very diverse top three, uh, which is exciting to see. Uh, and they all play very differently, which is really fun. Moving on to the Gits, and this is something that we're going to deep dive in another video, is uh, a Gloomspite Gits Jaws of Mork army. I'm just going to go run through what's in it, and we're gonna I'm going to pass this out as to a, in a different video. He's got Scragrot, a Squig Boss, and a Madcap Shaman. Then he's got a unit of, uh, the Madcap Shaman, by the way, has got the Moonface Momet, the Hand of Gork, and the Aspect of the Champion, the Tunnel Master. And he's 70 points for that. Then he has a max unit of Boingrot Bounders, a max unit of Squig Hoppers, a smaller unit of Squig Hoppers, and then a unit of Mooncan Stabbers, so, and another unit of Mooncan Shooters, a Marshcrawler Shogoth, a Slogoth, uh, for plus one to hit, and a unit of Sneaky Snufflers. And his core battalion is a Command Entourage. Uh, so, again, I'm going to break this down into uh, more detail in the future uh, because we're going to see lists like this unless it gets FAQ'd a lot. But this is an Alpha Strike version of probably the three or four archetypes um, of lists that we're going to see come out of the Gits book. There's obviously a Rally version, uh, Moon Clan Gits version, which we're going to see. Trolls are also going to do really well, and Spiders are also going to do really well as well. Uh, but this alpha version is just all about buffing up the hoppers, yeeting them in, and then doing the same with the Boingrots. If they die, you can always just bring them back on a 4+. Now, the, the real trick to this list is the fact that he only took 1,960 points. He's got a 4-point... Um, if you don't take the maximum 2,000 points in an army list, then what happens is, is you can have a triumph bid. So you and your opponent get to the table, and what happens is you say, hey, by the way, how many points is your list? And your opponent says, oh, I'm 1980. You're like, oh, also, I'm 1960. I get a triumph. Triumph's an enhancement that you can get. Um, and then you get to pick from, like, three things. Uh, one of them is an immune to battle shock. Now, this isn't the same, and this is the one that Dan took twice. This isn't the same as the command ability that allows you to uh, ignore battle shock and therefore it overrides things like horror gas and in fact all rules inside of the game um i'll talk about this one of them is plus one to wound and the other one is like reroll charge uh which is something you sometimes see obr players play because they can't use the generic command ability reroll charge therefore they take that to reroll a charge when they can't now i hate triumphs like i'm just gonna be super clear i know this is a stat center so i try not to put too much personal stuff in there but i played age of sigma since age of sigma i didn't have points triumphs were a thing that were in there because the game was just a, a, a joke like where you like if you if you had more point don't forget you had no points for the unit so you had more units in your opponent then 
if you just like killed their general, then you won the game. Like it was ludicrous. It was ludicrous. And triumphs have existed since then. Um, it's a silly, anarchic thing that shouldn't be in the game. Uh, squigs are fine. No dramas there. Uh, but I, I really don't think Triumph should make it into like uh, actual serious tournament Warhammer. Uh, I think it's kind of embarrassing actually that it exists uh, because what happens is fringe cases of a list that's very good come out like this, uh, and much of what's been discussed about the Gloomspite Gits book is it has a weakness in its bravery. However, because some very old AOS Zero rules still exist, like we don't have good terrain rules from Games Workshop, uh, which we all accept, so we write our own terrain rules. Um, uh, we don't have uh, good rules on how we like deploy at the start, right? So, like that gets discussed as well, right? Lots of things we discuss, uh, like as TOs and, and tournament organisers, and Triumph has to easily be the worst problem uh, in Age of Sigmar and has been for a long time. But anyway, that's my point. Uh, so yeah, uh, double double ignore Battle Shock. So even if you could try to deal with the Squig Hoppers or the um, Boingrot Bounders who have very low bravery with something like Horogast, don't worry he's got the ability to ignore that uh, so there we go, so well done to Dan uh, on doing well there uh, Stephen Follows had a great Zinch 5.0 list which I think was really excellent um, uh, from the Guild of Summoners, so that means every 9 points, or starts at 9 uh, that he gets in summoning points for his Zinch army, which he gets via casting he can just start summoning big birds uh, so Lords of Change, which is really cool he's got a Cursling with a Cult Demigog uh, a Flux Master, a Magister, a Blue Scribes and Fate Master with the Arcane Tome making him a wizard, that's 5 wizards um He'll reliably, reliably be able to get a Lord of Change on the first turn. Uh, then he has a fate, uh, sorry. Then he has two lots of ten pink horrors, which are great screens, but also great objective grabbers, and also they can generate fate points. Two units of ten Zangor, which are great combat pieces, uh, really nice little counterpunch pieces, uh, and they tie in really, really well with the Purple Sun, which is going to make a, a unit's rend go down by one. Uh, which is very, very powerful. Uh, and then he has... Uh, and the Zangor also have the ability to do mortal wounds at range. Uh, and then th that depends on how many wizards are nearby. And he's got five. Moving up to six, maybe seven eventually. Um, so there we go. Uh, great list. Loads of summoning. I actually am super impressed by this. I play Zinch a lot. Like, I really don't know that... I don't really think that they have any play in the current competitive meta at the 5-0 bracket. Um, but... Uh, Stephen and then uh, a bunch of people in the US have been uh, showing me that that really isn't the case. Uh, so I'm a little bit more inspired to get them out here. So that's really excellent. But these are on the rarer end. And I think it's just very impressive. Also, all of those characters are Galician champions. So they can't be targeted by any range shooting. So you just have to shoot the stupid pink horrors or the Zangor, uh, which is also really cool as well. Reroll casts on the whole army. Very fun. Very fun. And then on to Andy Hughes' list, which is really excellent as well. Uh, he's got a Fire Slayer's Vorstarg army. Uh, he has an Auric Rune Father, a two Flame Keepers, a Rune Smiter, a Rune Master, and a Battlesmith. Don't forget the Battlesmith has got access to a 4 plus rally. He's then, his Auric Rune Father's also got the Tunnel Master as well. Okay, so all of those characters are Gleeson Champions, hide behind the units, can't get shot. We're seeing almost no. Almost no sharpshoot battalions. But what we are seeing a lot of, and I've discussed this a lot, one, um, seven drops is better than one drop, is Galician veterans uh, and Galician command battalions. Galician command is on a unit of 15 Hearthguard berserkers. And they are right, they are with, um, which unit? With the Auric Rune Father, who's got Tunnel Master. And then he's got 30 Volkite Berserkers and two lots of 10 Volkite Berserkers. So the trick with this list is obviously to double stack the Flame Keepers buffs. If models die within range, 
then what he's going to be able to do is make it so that the 30 Volkite Berserkers do a crazy amount of damage. They're in the Galician Veterans Battalion, so they can fight in two ranks, which is really useful as well. And then he's got all the other buffs that he can bring in from the rest of the army. He can strike the runes, get Ren 2. Um, he can fight on death. He's got a command ability to strike first. Like, loads of stuff, um, which is just really, really excellent. And again, just a strong, powerful combat army uh, going 5-0. Very, very difficult to deal with especially because you can no longer target the characters. So just really excellent. So three very interesting, very powerful top three armies. Okay, so let's look at the four ones. And again, super diverse. Uh, John Dale with the four in the draw, being the cheeky little uh, chap that he is, uh, was running a Stormcast Eternals army uh, with Karazai the Scarred in Astral Templars, a Lord Castellan with a Master of Magic and Arcane Tome, looking to drop the Everblaze Comet at range. He has a unit of three Praetors. Now the Praetors basically bodyguard Karazai, which is actually very cool, and take a lot of damage. Then there's a Lord Relictor for a teleport, and then three Knight Vexors, Vexillors, uh, doing mortal wounds at range. Five Indicators, five Vanguard Hunters uh, with uh, bows twice, uh, and then five Judicators with Boltstorm Crossblows. So what he's looking to do, really simply, uh, is do loads of damage to a screen uh, with his shooting and his mortal wounds at range, then take Karazai, ram it into the opponent's face, and just murder as much stuff as possible, and then tank the damage with the Praetors, all in a double battle regiment. Absolutely excellent stuff, really fun. Really like the Praetor pick that got played a lot in Australia last year. Really like the Vexilla pick, we talked about that a lot. Velexor. I've been summoned, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've seen this being played a lot in Scotland, Germany, Australia, um, uh, using the Bunker Buster style list. So it's kind of a Bunker Buster list, maybe a bit of an Alpha Strike mixed in there as well. Really fun, really, really interesting, uh, excellent work. Then let's just jump through all of the four ones. JP running uh, Lumineth uh, and trying his hardest. Russ Field with a kind of cute mixed uh, Ogre Moor Tribes list. Nathan Prescott with a Gits list going 4-1. We're going to talk about that on the Monday Night Show later. Freddie Leggett with a Cities of Sigma list with two units of six Paladors. We're going to talk about that um, another time because Freddie pretty much is the only person that plays and does this and he does so incredibly well with it. He's legit brilliant. Uh, Simon Eccles with his Fresh Eat Quartz list, very similar to what we talked to earlier. Uh, Dan Arnold, all Storm Drake Guard. Uh, I think he had a four and two twos with a double Castellan. Uh, Alex Tubb was running... Oofed, uh, yeah, the Lumineth Realm Lords Yometrica. So he had Teclis... Uh, he had Avalonor, and then he had some Stone Gore at the front line, but always running that Rune of Petrification. Alex Bruce with the Fire Slayers again. Um, slightly different Fire Slayer list, but still Fire Slayers. Matt Goldsborough running his um, uh, kind of Sylvaneth list at the moment, using uh, those Gossamid Archers and a Lariel, and then the shooting... It's a, it's a shooting Sylvaneth castle at the back of the board uh, with some like uh, like movement blocking. Uh, and then also kind of, like, it's a castle that shoots, but also Alario runs across the board, charges you and runs back. It's pretty powerful. Uh, Owen Jackson, uh, probably with the 4-1 list um, out of the lot, that's probably the most interesting, because it's the most finger-on-the-pulse list uh, available. Um, Osiarch, Petrifex Elite. He had Leech Cavalos, Mortison Soul Mason, and a Mortison Bone Shaper, and that Bone Shaper is, uh, has got Tunnel Master. Uh, then he's got two lots, sorry, three lots of 10 Mortec Guard and five 
Kavalos Death Riders. Then his big hammer unit in melee is a unit of six Necropolis Stalkers. I think people really misjudge just how much damage that they can do in close combat. Uh, the Mortec Guard are really survivable and can, in, in Petrofex Elite, you're going to ignore Rend 1. But the real trick is the Mortec Crawler combined with the Bone Tithe Shrieker spell. So the Bone Tithe Shrieker spell means that you can't take battle shot tests uh, for units in range, and if anything runs away, additional units run away. But the Mortec Crawler is the hot source. They get to roll against large units, I think based on bravery, uh, effectively. And it, long story short, I think he's doing three mortal wounds. Uh, he's doing mortal wounds on three ups to every unit. Um, no, I've said that wrong. I apologize. Sorry, the camera froze. So I was confused. He, what he's doing is lots of mortal wounds to large units of squigs. So it was his anti-squig list, and he did really well with it going 4-1. And it's one of the few 4-1s that we've seen from OCR Bone Reapers. We'll talk about that list in more detail in another video, but it's really excellent. So there we go. Our next event takes us all the way to Australia, right here to Limbrook Community College. And uh, they had 45 players playing at this event. Uh, they had 55 players at the Battle of at the Brook. Uh, the event was won uh, by, I just had it right there, Patrick Nevin of Measured Wargaming. He was playing with a Magikin of Nurgleist in Blessed Sons. He had Orgot's Demon Spew, Blobe, Rot Spawned, Lord of Blights, Plague Priest, uh, four, three lots of 10 Rotmire Creed doing all that shooting 10 Plague Monks 15 Plague Sensor Bearers 2 lots of 10 Ungor Raiders a Unit of Nurglings and a Chaos Chariot and again Galician Sharpshooters in his list Galician Veterans in his list Warlord and Battle Regiment really showcasing this upward trend of people doing very well at the top of the bracket for people taking all of the toys out of these core battalions which is really really fun uh, not something I really expected to see but really excellent to see it happening uh, yeah, those Rotmire Creed are all inside Galician Sharpshooters as well. They do a lot of shots, but they're also going to apply a lot of disease points, which is quite fun, um, and start doing mortal wounds to units at the back of the board. Um, Orgots and Blobe are going to control the midboard and be very fighty and tanky. Uh, Lord of Plight's buffing the army, Plague Priest buffing the army, uh, and then the Plague Sensor Bearers being a big hammer unit in the army. Um, and then he's got screens of Ungor Raiders, Nurglings, and Chaos Chariot for doing a little bit of fighting. Really interesting list, loads of moving parts in this army, a 10-drop army, uh, and just, uh, yeah, really solid. Excellent work to bat. Okay, in the 4-1 bracket, we've got Michael Clark, Matt Tyrrell, Alexander Cron, Sam Sims-Bailey, Andy Rowe, Will Walters, Kieran Coates, and Justin Clark, all in the 4-1 bracket. Got some interesting lists. Uh, I'll just try and talk through them super quick. Uh, let me get this up for everyone. I don't think I've got them in order, so... Um, I won't be able to assign them, but we have a corn army, uh, Reapers of Vengeance, uh, and then of course we got Scar Bloodwrath in there as well. But Scarbrand's the man. Uh, everyone just protecting Scarbrand. But then six Skull Crushers, which is pretty fun, uh, doing really well. Skaven, we have a, a veritable feast of characters: Vermilord Warbringer, Thankwall, and a great and two Graceers, uh, and then three lots of twenty Clan Rats, and then two units of ten Plague Sensor Bearers, and a Hellpit Abomination. Of all things, doing mortal wounds at range via spellcasting, Thankwell yeeting up the board uh, in Lacron the Soul Seeker, and then um, bringing some damage with some Plague Sensor Bearers. Uh, we have a Magikin of Nurgle Army with 2 times 10 Rotmire Creed in here, and a Rotbringer Coven Sorcerer list. It's one of my favorite Nurgle lists at the moment, actually. Uh, three uh, Rotbringer Coven Sorcerers take 
the shards of Valakar and the Geminids of Ulgish and the Spell Portal. Uh, apply lots of disease at range via spells and then the Rotmai Creed back that up. Template bearers as a screen, five future Blight Kings and then two Puskill Blight Lords with a Lord of Afflictions, of course. Um, there was a Nighthaunt list uh, with Alrak and a big block of 30 Blade Geist Revenants that did really well. Love that. Uh, there's a Dreadwood list uh, with two units of 15 Spike Revenants. Dreadwoods, you get to uh, fight and fade with two, strike and fade, with two different units, like you can do in Sylvaneth. Uh, so two units of 15 is actually peak. Uh, lots, lots of damage. Love that. It's really fun. Uh, there was a Guild of Summoners Disciples Zinch list, this time with Bellacor. So making it so it can't move. Uh, and then 30 Pink Horrors. And then 10 more Pink Horrors. Uh, with a Magister and a Gaunt Summoner of Zinch on foot. Uh, and then he's got Ravenex Ashing Jaws and the Demonic Simulacrum. So 200 Wounds in Pink Horrors and then Bellacor shutting down one of your key pieces. And then hopefully summoning more and more units as time goes on. Uh, there was a Nighthaunt list uh, with a Cairn Wraith and Chain Rafts. 20 Dreadside Haradins uh, in the list as well. A Lord Executioner, Lady Alinda. Um, but that was played by the former captain of uh, Team Australia, Matt Tyrrell. Uh, so loads, again, of different lists. And even the lists that we've seen do similarly well, like Guild of Summoners Zinch, has got a completely different army composition um, in there as well. The Samson Bailey with the Dreadwood list, that was super fun, I like that. So again, loads of different armies uh, on Showcase this week. It could just be because the meta is still learning how to new use the new GHB. For some people, and for most people, in fact, this will be their first GHB, their first event with this GHB. Our final event for the weekend is over in Williamsburg, Virginia. It was called the Colonial Carnage, and it was located here at the Clarion Hotel. Uh, looks like a sunny little place right next to Looks like there's a gas station. That's, I'm speaking American for people. Petrol station nearby. Uh, it looks nice. looks super nice. Uh, now, the event was won uh, by Dale Irvin. Dale Irvin was running a Gloomspite Gits army from the sub-faction Jaws of Mork. He's got a Squig Boss, Scragrot the Loon King, and a Fungoid Cave Shaman. Uh, Scragrot the Loon King seems like a very obvious choice at 160 points. Unit of 10 Boingrot Bounders, which he took twice. 36 Squig Herd as a unit. And then a unit of 12 Squig Herd. He also had the Mangler Squig, as uh, the non-ridden version, as a Bahamoth. And he took the Endless Spell, the Arachnid Cauldron. He also had a Marsh Crawler Slogoth, plus one to hit. And six Sneaky Snufflers. So, a uh, pretty strong army here. A lot of rallies on a four-up, potentially. Uh, thankfully, that's only uh, in the Squig's hero phase. Sorry, the Gloomsway Gits player's hero phase. And not every hero phase. Uh, and then... Uh, those Boingrot Bounders do an amazing amount of damage uh, on the charge, uh, and then being able to rally them on a 4-plus is really excellent. Uh, so really, really good there. Scragrot, better spellcaster, more damage at range to Kairos. Really good, Squig Herd. Uh, lots of wounds with a 4-up ward, uh, thanks to the Sneaky Snufflers. Sorry, 5-up ward, thanks to the Sneaky Snufflers. Uh, excellent damage. Uh, loads of damage, loads of range, loads of threat. Uh, lots of rally. Excellent army, well done. <laughs> So, uh, in the 4-1 bracket, you had Jake and Brandon, who's an excellent player, who was playing with um, Skaven before, so pushing a rock uphill, and now he's decided to run New Beast of Chaos, which, as we all know, needs some help. Lord, oh dear, we need help from them. He's running Gavspawn, Beast Lord, a Great Bray Shaman, another Great Bray Shaman, and then a Beast of Chaos Zangor Shaman, who 
somehow is 115 points. Uh, and then he had uh, the Chaos Spawn, the Morgai Chaos Spawn. 20 best of gore, 3 lots of 10 gore and 10 on gore. The 2 Cockatrices and a 6 Beast of Chaos Slangor Fiend Bloods. So the Cockatrices are going to make it so you can only wound uh, hit units around them on 6s, which is amazing. The 6 Beast of Chaos Slangor Fiend Bloods are going to do some legitimately powerful damage. And if you look, they've also gone in the Galician Command, like I talked about previously, um, with also... Uh, the Beast Lord in here as well. Uh, Beast Lord making it so that you fight last. Uh, as are the Gore. If you charge, you fight last. Uh, which is so, so powerful. And he's got three units of those. Best of Gore uh, in here as well. It, trying to use one of the worst units in the book. Uh, which is pretty powerful. Being able to drag units off board. Thanks to the Great Brace Human's heroic action. Powerful stuff. And the Spawn make you minus one to the attack. Thank you to Jacob in the chat as well. So you've got so much debuffs. This is probably the best control army in the game now. Uh, Beast of Chaos. You're going to see more lists that make control lists out of this. Uh, which is going to be really fun. Uh, and yeah, really looking forward to uh, seeing more of these lists play very well. In the 4-1 bracket, we also had uh, the Mega Gargants going 4-1. We had a War Stomper. Two War Stompers, King Broad and a Gatebreaker uh, in here as well. Then you had uh, a Silver Death listing, Oakenbrow, I called it months ago, Dreitcher, Warsong Rev, Spirit of Dirty, Battle Mage. Then you have Tree Revs and Dryads in the list as well. So good to see. Goodspite Gits, which lost the Mirror to go 4 1, was Loon Boss on Giant Cave Squig, Scragrot, two Squig Bosses, 15 Boring Grots, 2 times 12 Squig Herd, 10 Squig Hoppers, twice. And then two Mangler Squigs. So clearly his problem here was he did take a lot of Squigs, but he didn't take enough Squigs. And he took some bigger Squigs in the Mangler Squigs. And that's why he lost the Mirror. Uh, Scragrot in there as well. Ineth Deepkin with Lotan and Achillean King, a Thrallmaster. And then loads of Thralls and some Morsar Guard with a Leviadon. Loads of fighting in there. But unfortunately, as a fighting army, even though it's got always strikes first, it's going to get hit by some of the more aggressive Alpha armies. Uh, and then that is... Uh, oh, and then there was a Stormcast Eternals list that went 4-1 uh, with two Lord Castellan, no, a Lord Castellan, a Lord Relictor, a Lord Arcanamon, Griff Charger, three times five Retributors, and then four Storm Drake Guard and three Vanguard Paladors. Again, second list this week featuring Paladors. Go check out their War Scroll. It's very, very good. Um, just very imp impressive. So that is all of the results from the weekend. And the first thing to say is, is the meta looks wildly healthy. Not only do you have a variety of different armies going 5-0, all of those armies are different, um, and uh, even the composition of those army builds are different. And sure, the composition might be not that different, but it's different enough, which is quite interesting. So yeah, I find that to be, uh, that to be something that's really stand out. Uh, and all of those armies being so wildly different, there aren't really many trends. I've talked about this a lot through the video, so I think the best trend I've seen is the moving away from the one drop uh, and instead making use of those battalions and making some of those armies much, much better, which is really, really fun to see. Uh, ultimately, also, it's the beginning of a GHB, so a lot of people are going to draw a lot of inference from this stuff, and I feel like that's going to be a mistake. And the reason for that is, is a lot of these players probably, some tournament players, a lot of tournament players I know, don't really tend to play much outside of tournaments. Therefore, you're getting a bit of a skew first turn, first tournament kind of like set of results. There's also, there's also the fact 
that um, TOs may not have like nailed down exactly what battle plans they're going to want people to play right now. Maybe they're going to experiment with a lot of those battle plans. And those battle plans are quite interesting at the minute because some of them are very defining. We're also in a meta which doesn't have quite as many um, objectives on the board. And not having as many objectives is a real advantage for some armies who want to play uh, across just a few armies. So like Fire says, uh, uh, sorry, across a few objectives. Fire says being a good example for that. So I think that's quite interesting. Um, so yeah, like this is very early to make like some heavy handed inferences into the meta. But I think a trend is that like uh, the battle regiment, which I thought would be more popular in this edition, is kind of moving away because people are really able to buff up and use a lot of economies of scale on those uh, battle, uh, sorry, on those battalions like Galician champions, which is quite interesting, and I love seeing that. So I think that's really fun. Uh, of course, elephant in the room, BC Chaos not doing too well at the minute. So uh, just be conscious of that, <laughs> and maybe squigs are okay. Uh, is the other thing to to talk about. Uh, okay, so yeah, uh, thank you to um, uh, Robin Ziggy who helped produce the stats. But the stats are back up on the Ultimate Game website now. So if you'd like to check out the player profiles, or the player rankings, you go check out your own player rankings in there. And if you want to check out uh, the faction stats, you can go check those out as well. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, please do uh, help and support the show by either liking, subscribing, commenting, or supporting the Honest War Gamer Patreon. That'd be the best way to support us. Um, thank you very much for tuning in. See you guys soon and have a nice day.